Welcome to the Attractions Group Podcast. Don Helbig alongside Ryan Sir. Let us be among the first to wish you and your family a happy Thanksgiving. And uh, Ryan, you know, we had a chance to attend the IAPA Expo last week. Uh, I didn't know what to expect, uh, but the experience was beyond what I had hoped to see. Uh, you know, a great turnout, uh, you know, especially coming off what they had last year, you know, following the, the, the pandemic and that, um, you know, vendors, they all seem to be very, very happy. Uh, we saw deals being made on the floor and, and it was just a great atmosphere. Uh, but, you know, while we were there, uh, you know, we, we, we learned of the passing of industry pioneer Alberto Zamperla. He's the second generation president of the global amusement manufacturer, and uh, he was 71 years old. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, it's really unfortunate. Alberto Zamperla uh, from Zamperla Rides um, passed away. Uh, so uh, I saw the Zamperla people kind of packing up their booth on Thursday toward the end of the day. And I, I don't know if they operated on Friday or not, but I'm wondering if they didn't because of that or if it had anything to do with that. But um, don't know Alberta. Alberto, sorry. Um, I do know Antonio, uh, and he's a very, very nice guy, and he always wishes me a happy birthday on LinkedIn and stuff. So uh, he raised a good son. Uh, they have a great company, and you know our, our thoughts and prayers go out to them. Um, Alberto uh, suffered from a short illness before passing away uh, relatively unexpectedly, so we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that. Yeah, another industry news. Christmas came early for Disney Parks fans uh, with a CEO switch uh, late Sunday night. Uh, Bob Chapek, he's out. Bob Iger, back in the saddle. He agreed to a two-year term. And, uh, you know, what were your thoughts on that news? I really, really did not expect that to get that news on a Sunday night. And um, from what I understand... Bob Chapek was all set to be at that Elton John farewell concert that Disney had on Disney Plus. He might have been there. I think he was supposed to introduce Elton John. Um, so the real question is, I mean, Bob Iger was a good CEO, very, very good CEO, uh, and he's back. And the cool part is, is typically when this happens, it's in an interim uh, capacity. So it's like maybe they commit for six months, but he did commit for two years. So a lot of people are acting like that's a short amount of time. But in this instance, that's a very long amount of time. Um, but what we're going to mo learn moving forward is that, uh, people pin a lot of the stuff they don't like on Bob Chapek. I'm not expressing favor or, uh, you know, of opposition to him. Uh, I don't know enough to have an opinion. Um, but you know, they blame him for Genie plus the reservation system and so on. Um, so I guess with Bob Iger taking over, we're going to see if that sort of stuff changes. You know, one thing I did do know for a fact and I would say Chapek is probably responsible for this because he's responsible for everything that happens in the company when he's a top dog, is that uh, a lot of the culture was kind of getting weak there. Um, people didn't want to be there, and that's not a conducive way to grow a company. Yeah, you know, I mean, like you mentioned, when you're at the, the top of the, the chain, you know, you're the one, you're the target all the time when things aren't going uh, the right way. But it will be interesting to see uh, what happens uh, over the next couple of years you have a chance now to uh, you know come up with a succession plan you know who's going to be that person you know going into what it's going to be what 2025 I guess when that uh, uh, would change and uh, but you know but just looking through social media and uh, it just seems like a lot of the, the Disney Parks fans uh, you, you know they're excited about it um, you know I think there were some things that uh, you know 
it just didn't seem like the experience maybe was as good as it had been from what I was reading, you know, everyone's comments on that. Um, but, uh, you know, that was huge news. And again, we didn't expect to see that. No, on no, Sunday I'm night. just innocently watching the Bengals game. Bengals won, by the way, you're probably aware. And, uh, my phone's exploding with news articles about it. Um, uh, again, we, you know, we don't have a magic wand. We don't know how things would have been different if Iger had not retired. Uh, but now it's in the hands of Bob Iger moving forward to fix whatever issues they have culturally. Um, the, see, the thing, though, is, you know, with with Bob Chapek, you know, to hold him personally responsible for the reservation system and so on. That's um, I mean, maybe I, I don't know. But at the same time, their demands never been higher for the Disney parks. You know, even with the reservation system, you can't bump el- you can't walk around without bumping elbows into people. I saw a YouTube video from yesterday, and there was a million people in the park, and Jungle Cruise had a hundred minute wait. So maybe that was an earnest effort just to limit the crowds and have everybody have a better time. But just on the surface, it seemed greedy. You know, I don't know. And I think, you know, and across the industry, Ryan, you know, with when the pandemic hit, uh, that forced you know, everybody to kind of take a look at how they do things. And, uh, you know, just, you had to change it up a little bit, you know, you had to, um, you know, find ways to control capacity. And as we were coming back out of that, and, uh, you know, that was kind of the development of the reservation systems. And, uh, you know, so, you know, you can blame individuals, or you can, you know, look back to the the pandemic, which forced things to change and, and, and try some different things. So, you know, who knows if we hadn't had the pandemic, maybe things. Are I, I absolutely think things would be different because, you know, five years ago, if you go up to any park official and say you should have a reservation system, they'd slap you across the face and then tell you we're not limiting the amount of people coming into the park until the fire department tells us to. But the mentality's changed quite a bit behind that, you know, and just imagine what Disney parks might be now if just anybody could buy a ticket. Now, they wouldn't be a whole lot worse, but they'd be 10 or 15% more busy. And then they can't, they can't handle that right now, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's, plus, there's, there's definitely plus and minuses to it and, uh, you know, to a reservation system. And, you know, but, uh, you know, big change at, uh, you know, Disney. And, uh, you know, we'll see where that goes over the next couple of years. Well, Ryan, Thanksgiving, a couple of days away, you know, um, Let's do something different and let's talk on this episode about things that we're thankful for in the amusement theme park industry. Get us started. All right, Don, Go ahead. If I had to ask you one thing you're thankful for, let's start off big. Of all the parks you visited, of all the parks you've worked with, which one are you the most thankful for? Well, obviously for me, it has to be Kings Island. Uh, it's just meant uh, so many things. Uh, to me, you know, as a guest, uh, you know, uh, working in the industry, uh, my first roller coaster ride, uh, you know, just so many things, so many memories. You know, I have to go with Kings Island. I, I don't think there's uh, any other park that could even come close uh, to being the park that I'm most thankful for, for all the things that I've gotten uh, to be able to see and do because of Kings I Island. I completely agree. I mean, I, I've been very transparent about the fact that during the summer, I essentially live there. I get off work, I go there probably three, four times a week. I'm not one of the crazies that visits every day, but I'm pretty crazy, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely to the point where if a, you know, if, if Kings Island does something like a cool show or a cool ride or whatever, I, I take pride in it just as being part of such a huge machine just as, as a fan. So, um, you know, it's one of my, it's, it's my second home and I've never visited another seasonal park, especially that I would want to have as my home park. So, 
Uh, I think we're on the same page for that. I wish we had a graphic we could put up for like, you know, like a T chart or something for who's thankful for what. But yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Ryan, what roller coaster are you most thankful for? That's a great question. Um, uh, I, I'm gonna have to go with the Beast at Kings Island again. Um, this might be a Kings Island heavy list here, come to think of it. But, uh, the reason why the beast is, is the, uh, is, you know, something I'm most thankful for, uh, it's not even my, necessarily my favorite ride in the park, but it's so cool that, you know, if we're at IAPA or at Universal or something like that, if you mention like, yeah, I hang around Kings Island, they're like, oh, the beast, you know? So I, just the notoriety and stuff where you can connect with people on that level, uh, and be like, oh, if you, if you haven't been there, make sure you ride it at night, that sort of thing. So um, if I had to choose one, I'm most thankful for it. It's definitely the beast. All right. Well, for me, I'm most thankful Shocker. for the racer, uh, you know, ch- changed <laughs> my life. You know, seriously, it did, uh, uh, first roller coaster I ever rode back in 1972. Uh, and then throughout the 1980s, uh, you know, just marathoning the ride and setting all the records and things on it. Um, but it uh, really helped me in a lot of ways, develop a lot of people skills because of what I was doing. Uh, riding the ride in the 1980s, I was put in a position where I had to, um, you know, open up and, and, and talk to people doing media interviews and, and all of that. And, uh, you know, somebody that had an interest in, in getting into broadcasting and, uh, you know, or, or communications, um, that experience in the 1980s on the race really helped me see it from both worlds. You know, I had a, I was kind of the, the, the pond in the middle, you know, so I kind of knew what the, the PR side you know, was looking to do with what I was doing and how they were going to use that to, uh, to create awareness for the park. And I knew I learned what the media needed, you know, with the sound bites and things like that uh, to do their job. So I, I'm going to have to say the racers, there's, there's uh, you know, there's a lot of great roller coasters that I've been on, but in terms of what it meant to me personally, professionally, it's well, I must say that if you said anything but the racer, we would have had to restart the podcast entirely. I'm just saying. All right. <laughs> um, Don, what is the flat ride you're most thankful for? The flat ride, you know, um, I'm going to go with carousels in general, not one specifically, but carousels, because I think they're the heartbeat of any park. And when I go to a park and I have a carousel, it is on my, uh, you know, must do list. I mean, there's always a lot of the, the hardware and, you know, these exciting thrill rides and things you want to go on. Uh, but I get just as excited about a spin on a carousel. So for me, a favorite, uh, you know, not favorite flat ride, but the one I'm most thankful for is going to be uh, carousels because they just bring me so much joy. You what know, about you, Ryan? I have, I'd have to say that if I was thankful for a flat ride, uh, many options out there. I absolutely love flat rides. But the thing that just kind of comes to my head right now is this SNS Screaming Swings because, first of all, they're underrated. Secondly, they're visual. Third, they're a fun riding experience. And four, they make these noises that are so industrial that if you heard that 10 years from now, you would know exactly what you heard. So I think the whole thing's unique. I think it's Scream's theme park, and uh, you can theme them in any way you want. So SNS Scream and Swing, that's that's what I'm thankful for. All right, let's move on. Uh, Ryan, what train ride? In the amusement theme park industry are you most thankful for? I'm going to slide in and I'm going to take the Dollywood Express from you. Uh, the reason why I'm choosing Dollywood Express is because uh, it's a venture through the woods and that's that's cool. 
um, any good train ride would be though, but uh, the sight and the smell of the Dollywood Express is so incredible of it pouring out that black smoke and the the loud horns and then you're on it and you can smell the soot and stuff. You It's just really what a train is like. Love the Dollywood Express. Would not visit Dollywood without it. Don, how about you? Well, we're on the same page. It is the Dollywood Express. Um, love, love a couple other train rides out there in the industry, but uh you know, that one's the most uh, unique train ride as well. Just, you know, that climb through the mountains and uh, just the setting. Uh, that's that's just, uh, you know, what makes it the, the train ride that I'm most thankful for. Awesome. Um, what water ride are you most thankful for? Water ride. Well, well I'm going to keep it on like the main park kind of side, not talk about like in a water park. Uh, but for me, I will go with Splash Mountain at Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. I, I think that, uh, you, you know, was just the amount of like theming and, and uh, you know, I think that is just one of those attractions that, uh, you know, I, I, I got off the ride. You're normally soaked and you just want to get right back in line and do that one again. Uh, so Splash Mountain. I'm going to go about towards you, Ryan? The, uh, the water coasters. Um, I'm going to actually go on the water park side for this, uh, side shout out to the shoot, the shoots. Those are, those are really fun too, but, uh, the water coasters, especially ones that have like linear induction or linear synchronous motors or have whatever, I'm not an engineer sending you uphill. Uh, the one at holiday world, is it Ma- mammoth mammoth? Is that, is that right? Yeah. The one that's won mammoth. the golden ticket rode that for the first time last year it has about like seven uphill sections it was so fun. It just would not end. Uh, I, I would say that if a park has one of those, it's definitely a standout and that's the water ride I'm most thankful for. Yeah. Well, uh, let's talk, uh, food items. I mean, there's a ton of food items that are are great throughout the industry, but, uh, what food item are you most thankful for that you can find in the amusement theme park industry, Ryan? Well, okay. Let's, uh, let's backpedal from the food item because that'd be difficult. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cheat and I'm gonna say I'm gonna do a restaurant instead, because I'm gonna say Aunt Granny's at Dollywood, uh, and and I don't even have a particular okay. food item that's the best. Either that or front porch, uh, because both of them have excellent food. Uh, during the fall months, they have uh, chicken and dumplings, which is my favorite theme park food. Uh, okay, I guess that is the thing I'm most thankful for. Then come to think of it, uh, but also front porch, which is just down the road in Dollywood. Um, that has similar food, but it, they serve it with like a deep pan, um, cornbread, which is just to die for. So, yep. Shout out to Dolly once again, Don, how about you? Well, I'm going to say cosmic rays at, uh, magic kingdom, which is the place where you will find the Mickey. Oh my gosh. Absolutely love that. I have so many cravings for a Mickey cheeseburger. Then I see sometimes in these, you know, like with Facebook, they share the Facebook memories and things, and it'll pop up when I was having my first Mickey cheeseburger. And um, so, yeah, I'm most thankful for that. You know, I always love cheeseburger. And it's, uh, you know, it's special. I agree. Um, so, Don, what is the live stage show in a theme park that you're most thankful for? Past, present, or future? Well, you know, um, because it's the best show that I've seen in the industry, I'm going to go with Fantasmic at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Um, 
you know, that's a must see show if you're going to a Disney World. I mean, if you can do nothing else while you're there except for that show and you you go back home feeling that, uh, you know, you had a great time. So uh, Fantasmic for me. Yeah, what about you, Ryan? So Fantasmic is um, a pretty obvious one. Uh, I'm going to go against the grain a little bit just just to make sure that we get some exposure to this because you and I experienced the Bourne sp- Stuntacular at Universal yes, Studios Orlando the other day. And oh my gosh, what a great show. That is that was very close. Yeah, I mean, I was I was, uh, you know, that uh, that pushed the envelope uh, in terms of knocking out Phantasmic, uh, uh, but it just then. But you know, you're uh, that was just an incredible show, right? And um, it's funny because it's about three years old now, and it's not it, it like usually when not necessarily Disney, but probably Universal when they do stuff, it's it's cutting edge, but other people figure it out within three to five years. Uh, and then you start having like bits of it at seasonal parks and then they have to change it and so on. It's a cat and mouse thing. But with that one, uh, I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll tell about it cause it isn't really a spoiler cause you got to see it to see it, but there's a giant screen and there's live characters and there's live sets and you have no idea who's, who's live and who's, who's projected on the screen. You have no idea what's a real set and what's on the screen. It, it's just absolutely incredible. Uh, but no one's been able to touch anything like that. Um, I, I that's probably a, incredible budget to develop that let alone put it on every day so i am most thankful for the born stuntacular like i said uh, that was that was a very very uh, close second for me was that one but uh let's talk about special events ryan what special event throughout the industry have you been most thankful for hmm Well, there, okay, I'm not going to name one. I, I can't be backed into this corner because I'm such a special events guy. Uh, easy one, uh, 50th anniversary of King's Island. That was King's Island at its finest, hands down. We've gone on about that. I'm not going to bring that up too much. Uh, uh, the spring celebration at Dollywood is fantastic. I love the topiaries. I love the song Coat of Many Colors by Dolly. So that she, the fact that she has a topiary of her mom sewing the coat is really cool. Um, you know, all the butterflies and stuff and the kites that are on the, the, the wiring up at the top is, is just fantastic. So, um, I, I would say those two, but you've got a place in my heart for any special events. What about you? I'm going to go, if I have to pick one, I'm going to say thankful for Winterfest at, uh, Kings Island. Uh, just such a magical experience. You know, you always hear the things about come see the park like you never have before whenever there's a different kind of an event. But um, that is the one event that it is a totally different experience than any other time that you're going to go to uh, Kings Island or maybe, you know, all these other different, uh, you know, events around the country. Um, you know, like I said, just so magical. So many memories uh, of, of, you know, going to Winterfest and the, the original one in the 1980s. And, uh, you know, then it came back in 2017, you know, bigger better more immersive than ever um you know and then with with you know the christmas season being my favorite time of the year um uh, you know in a lot of ways when it comes to like holidays and that it's always been the christmas season you know it just really you know you just just feel the warmth of the season there so i'm going to go with winter also an excellent Island. choice so if you want um a good testament as to what Winterfest, like the the embodiment of Winterfest as far as the visuals are concerned I saw an argument online uh, with a drone shot 
of Winterfest, uh, one, uh, you know, park supply drone shot taken from over the international restaurant at about, mm, I mean, it was probably 300 feet Eiffel tower height or so. And people were arguing whether that was a real photo or if it was concept art. So, so that's, that's a huge compliment <laughs> that, you know, you would, uh, <laughs> you would have that sort of thing where people are like, that can't be real. looks too good. You know? All right. No, it was it's it, that, that shot. I know exactly which one you're talking it's, it's about. It's a famous it shot, real, so I'm surprised the person hadn't seen it. it. But I could see where just like you know the, the lights on the fountain change the the fountain uh, the the ice different colors like in different sectors, and all the buildings are lit up in different colors, and the Eiffel Towers lit up in different colors, and it's just uh, so perfect in so many ways. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, looking forward to that. Starts Friday. Um, Don, what is the dark ride? you're most thankful for. So Don, what's the dark ride you're most thankful for? The dark ride I'm most thankful for, uh, this is easy. It's Haunted Mansion at uh, Magic Kingdom at uh, Walt Disney World. Uh, love that ride. I've found to, uh, you know, a science on when the peak times are to, to ride it so I can get in multiple rides in one day. Uh, you know, three, four times a visit there when I go. Uh, can't get enough of it. Every time I, I experience the attraction, you know, if it is that three or four times in, in one visit, I see something I didn't see before. Um, just love everything about it. You know, the theming, you know, outside the attraction. Um, I love when you go into the room, you know, and they, and they do the little spiel and is the room stretching mm -hmm. and you look up in the ceiling, you know, with the guy, you know, up there and that. So, uh, yeah, that one uh, for, for me is the dark ride that I'm most thankful for. What about you, Ryan? Uh, I'm going to stick with Walt Disney world, but I'm going to go over to, uh, Twilight Zone tower of terror, which I've been very clear is my favorite ride on earth. Uh, I love the twilight zone. I love Rod Serling. And I would say that the thing that really kind of makes it, um, like dark rides that are like really cool is when you're looking at, especially in the queue and stuff, when you're looking at entire rooms that are just part of the theming, like you walk in there and you check into the hotel and it's, you know, a giant lobby and stuff. And it's, it's just for show, you know, I think that's really neat. The ride experience itself is decent. It's a drop ride, but you know, if you're, if you're a big fan of twilight zone, I mean, that's the ride for you. And it's got Easter eggs from all the different rides or all the different twilight zone episodes, Yeah, whether it's in the show or in the queue, you know, it's got like the, um, you know, the, the talking doll and all that stuff, or that's all there. So that's really, really cool. I was, you know, if it wasn't for Haunted Mansion, that would probably be my choice. Um, but, uh, you know, just something that, you know, every, every time I go, I can't get enough of Haunted Mansion. But I do love yeah, Tower and, of Terror, and also too. it's kind of like, uh, I'm not sure if it would, if, if I would uh, necessarily hold that as a dark ride. Because it definitely has thrill elements to it. So we didn't really, like, splice that out as much as maybe we, we could have. Um, because uh, Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey is also beyond perfect um but i think it's just you know with the design of the ride it's just a little too thrilling to just be considered a dark ride you know yeah okay and well ryan uh we've gone through the attractions and things that we're most thankful for now let's do a little bit of this and that for thanksgiving uh white meat or dark meat uh i would i usually go white meat because it's a little bit tougher and drier and that's just how i like it because i slither the gravy on it how about you, white meat or dark meat? 
it's it's white meat because I'm somebody too that's going to load it up with gravy and uh, uh, so yeah, it's going right. to be the white mashed meat. potatoes or stuffing. Hands mashed down. potatoes, uh, not even close. Hands not down. even close. <laughs> mashed potatoes. I don't know why pe- people eat stuffing. I, I mean, I I like take a little bite of it. But there's people I've seen like they load up half their plate stuffing. I, I just, uh, I just, I just I don't know. load up enough on my plate. Uh, not let's to go be with considered rude. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, um, this is going to be easy one for you: mac, mac and cheese. cheese or green beans. <laughs> mac and cheese. Yes, yes. Hands I didn't even down, care what the second beans. option was for both of us. Yeah, for Thanksgiving, uh, my wife makes this mac and cheese. We only it's only special for Thanksgiving, uh, but there's like a secret recipe she got from her mom, and you know, so I count on the days of Thanksgiving just for that mac and cheese. Yeah. Um. So, would you would you choose yams or pumpkin pie? Pumpkin pie, pumpkin pie. I. Uh, for. For you, let's go with um, let's go with deviled eggs or potato salad. Good question, because I don't really like either. Um, if I'm really hungry, I could go for potato salad. Deviled eggs, though, um, yeah, potato salad. I don't want to talk trash about deviled eggs, but um, I, I would prefer potato salad. <laughs> If done right, I like deviled eggs better of the two because I think it fits in with, you know, there's the turkey, there's the mashed potatoes with gravy, the mac and cheese, and then there's the deviled eggs. That makes the perfect plate for me. Awesome. So uh, let's go back to dessert. So let's do apple pie or pumpkin pie. I'm going to lean toward apple pie. Definitely pumpkin pie. I love the spice involved. I love the crust. Pumpkin pie is awesome. Okay, and the final question here. When it comes to the gravy with your mashed potatoes, do you like dig, you know, like a little trough and things for it? Or you just like pour it all over everything? Absolutely trough. I'm not a savage. Um, Growing up in grade school, um, the mashed potatoes were always one of the side dishes. And what they would do is they'd have a little spoon, like like a ladle, and they push it into the mashed potatoes and just kind of turn. So you got that little above-ground swimming pool of, of dark gravy on your mashed potatoes. And that's just the type of guy I was raised to be. How about you? I'm going to dig the trough. Dig the trough. But I'm okay if it ends up overflowing and goes over everything. I'm okay with that. But, uh, yeah, the trough. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, looking so forward to the Thanksgiving Day meal on Thursday and uh, – you know, probably my favorite meal of the year. What about uh, you? Oh, absolutely. My favorite meal of the year. Um, you know, I worked in retail in like high school and college, so I've always learned to hate Thanksgiving and hate Christmas, but, uh, it's been about a decade now. So I'm starting to get back to the point where, <laughs> you know, I look forward to, um, you know, Thanksgiving coming up and having that meal and spending time with family and, you know, especially with, uh, yeah. with Winterfest being back, you know, I kind of look forward to the end of the year rather than thinking of it as like, a cold frozen doldrum and then hey there's fun on christmas you know okay well don do you have any final thoughts oh so i should say first of all follow us on twitter at attractions underscore grp and look for us on your favorite youtube or on on the youtube app under for the attractions group podcast as well as uh search for the attractions group podcast on your favorite podcast app 
Uh, next week, we're, we're going to be going back to Wednesday. Uh, we just did Thursday because Don's going out of town for Thanksgiving. Or Tuesday, sorry. Um, so we're going to be doing Wednesday. Uh, if all if, if things don't fail, and they often do, we're going to have a special guest. Not going to name names, but this is going to be the biggest guest we have ever had. And it's going to be probably top 10 we will ever have because you don't get much higher than this. No, no, really looking forward to that next episode. And, uh, you know, I, I think everyone who listens to the Attraction Group podcast is um, you're going to come away from that. Um, just, you know, just a, just all the insights and things that they're going to gain from that. Uh, it's going to be incredible. Absolutely. Um, by the way, I... I I promise we give a shout out to uh, the Orlando Informer for their awesome uh, meetup, you know, over mm-hmm. the weekend. That was that was a lot of fun. Uh, definitely check out their website, orlandoinformer.com. They've got meetups galore throughout the year. The lines are very short. The food is free. They gave us a fifteen dollars gift card for, gift card for food, even though the food's free, just because you have to wait like an hour to get the free food. So they think of everything. So definitely. <laughs> That was an incredible event. Uh, you know, highly recommend you check out the Orlando Informer. You look at their meetups. I think they're what they're doing like six yeah. a year now uh, that they do, and uh, tremendous value uh, for what you get out of it. Uh, you know, you got uh, like twenty five rides. I think were open uh, that night. Uh, you mentioned the free food. Um, it's nighttime, so you know a lot of times Universal Orlando they're closing at seven o'clock at night, so you don't really get those night ride experiences there. Uh, so definitely, you know, check out Orlando Informer, look at the the meetups that they do. And, uh, you know, again, thanks to our good friend Matthew Miller there, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, letting us know about that yeah, event. Absolutely. I will definitely be, I don't know about if I'm going to be able to say I'm going to be at the next one because I think it's in February or so, or uh, that's what they were advertising there. So I won't make it down there in time for that. But my next visit will definitely be planned around an Orlando Informer event. Yeah, I mean, that changed the, that was a game changer for me. You know, uh, if you're going to experience Universal Orlando, I mean, that seemed to be the best way the to do it. the only way to do it at this point with how busy the parks are. All right. So, Don, any uh, final words of advice before you go on to the land of the Smoky Mountains to celebrate Christmas and have a turkey that's if it's half as good as it looks, you're all in for a real treat and, you know, all that stuff that you do every year on your Twitter? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, leaving you know, tomorrow morning, leaving bright and early. You know, to head to Tennessee, it's become the new uh, family tradition for us to to have Thanksgiving in a in a cabin in the mountains, and um, you know, just kind of kind of take a break and just relax for that weekend. And uh, you know, looking forward to that. Um, you know, Ryan, I want to wish you and your family a, a happy Thanksgiving, and uh, you know, we'll be back at it next week with Likewise. our special guest. You know, I'm uh, I, I I'll be in town. Obviously, do you pack all that food and take it down there? By the way. Wow, we do, we do. We pack it all up, and uh, it's 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 a big carload, you know. So the back seat, the trunk, everything's filled up. Um, you know, my my daughter and her fiance they come down, you know, separately uh, with that. But uh, yeah, it's a lot of food, um, you know. But uh, just something that we started doing a couple years ago, and I think that's going to be the tradition moving forward. Oh, that's for us cool. That's really nice. So you're going to visit Dollywood while you're down there. Undecided this time. Uh, you know, there's so much to see and do down in, in, in the Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg area. Uh, a big part of this trip is also to, you know, relax a little bit. You know, you have the cabin, you kind of want to enjoy it. You know, so if you're out doing things all the time, um, you know, you don't get to, to do that. But, uh, 
you know, uh, we'll, we'll see what the, you know, the weather is on the weekend. If it's, if it's nice and that, uh, you know, may make a stop there. I mean, you know, they got the Christmas event going on, so, you know, why not check it out? You're there. So you'd regret it yeah. if you didn't. So, uh, you know, likely, likely that'll be there, but it's just, you know, there's just a, a lot of things we want to see. Yeah. See, I w- I've been fortunate to be able to have a, a season past the Dolly with the last two or three years. So, if I was in the area, I'd, I'd have to stop by it's because I've never been to Christmas. I'm going in about two weeks, yeah, uh, the weekend of the ninth or, or so. Uh, so really looking forward to that. But um, there's, you know, the yeah. So I don't have this weekend. I mean, there'll be another weekend that uh, you know that I'll be down there in Tennessee. So it's not uh, the, the only time I'm going to be down there over the next six weeks. So uh, if I don't get it on this trip, Perfect. I'll get it on that. All right. Week. Well, happy Thanksgiving to all and to all a good night. And uh, this is Ryan Cern, Don Helbig signing out, and happy Thanksgiving, and we will see you next week.